This is the Tornado Trackers Podcast. The Tornado Trackers are storm chasers Jeremy Heyman, Jeff Mangum, and me, Gabe Cox. Hey there, I'm Jeremy. I'm Gabe. I'm Jeff. And we are the Tornado Trackers. Thank you so much for joining us for our very first podcast episode. That is pretty, pretty epic. We are so stoked uh, that you joined us uh, wherever you are, whatever time it is, uh, whatever year it is. We've been chasing for a while, almost uh, 10 years together, chasing wild weather all over the country in every single different type of storm imaginable. And we we're like, let's do a podcast together. Like, let's, we, we talk enough as it is. Let's, let's, let's put it on tape. So, uh, fellas, how are you feeling about uh, our very first podcast? I'm excited. Looking forward to this, man. Yeah, re- ready to do this. All these, uh, all these conversations we've had leading up to this, it's time for them to get out of our heads and release to the world. I know we've, we've been on a text thread for, I mean, almost 10 years together. Uh, you know, the accumulated amount of communication we've had together. <laughs> it only makes sense to, to, to release it into the wild. Yeah. Um, it's really yeah, just, just an excuse for us to continue our conversation. That's true. hundred percent. Yeah. I just, I recently got an Apple watch. I'm like a late adopter, but I know a little buzz on my wrist means Gabe and Jeff are texting me <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. So we love talking storms. That's, that's all we talk about. We talk about forecasts, just from the most mundane forecast to the most exciting. We love chatting about it. And uh, I'd imagine if you're tuning into this, you like to talk about weather too, or at least think about it. Uh, Maybe we're your first weather friends, which is rad. If that's the case, hello, welcome. Uh, We would love to be your weather friends. (laughs) Gabe has a shirt that says introverted, but willing to talk about, uh, is it weather or is it storms? Storms. Storms. (laughs) Storms specifically. And that has kind of ruined your introversion, right? Like people just walk up to you and... Yeah, it had the opposite effect that I thought it might. But no, actually, it has led to some really great storm stories from perfect strangers. Um, I've had people tell me about seeing ball lightning go across their yard. I had someone tell me about some obscure tornado I'd never heard about, and they outran it in their car. So if you like storm stories, I'd recommend you buying the shirt just happens to be available on our store tornadotrackers.org introverted but willing to talk about droughts (laughs) (laughs) that's basically texas that's the next shirt yeah (laughs) colorado too yeah that's absolutely right oh my gosh that yeah the person you saw ball lightning did you did you say uh yeah you saw a demon brother (laughs) that's what you saw (laughs) you the ghostbusters Man, have you guys read about ball lightning? That's one of the things that I remember reading as a kid that totally captivated me. Just like, oh. I've heard what, other accounts of what it. it. What is it? Uh, give me a quick rundown. Uh, it's basically a ball of electricity that shoots through the air during a storm, like a localized electrical charge, but it kind of, people have reported that it hovers and Whoa. it has gone through people's windows and like hovered in their house. And then when it disappears, there's this explosion sound, which is the thunder, I'm assuming. Wow. I'm not... In yeah, the I house? It can in the come house. into your house and be, and be Actually, thunder. my <laughs> wife, one of her classmates, that happened. They claim that a, a ball of lightning during a thunderstorm came into their house. It hovered and it exploded and shot out sparks 
and I think a couple of them got like lightly zapped but their mom freaked out was like had some PTSD issues and she made them wear shoes so they would have rubber on their feet anytime a storm came through yeah that sounds paranormal for sure (laughs) (laughs) seriously (laughs) how would you not know like you you know like even like a hundred years ago you know you'd be instantly like (laughs) oh we're being possessed yeah Yeah. (laughs) and a very very angry one we'll have to get i'm going to get this person on the show so she can share her story as a future episode everybody heck yeah (laughs) heck yeah well, this week, um, we just want to introduce ourselves to y'all uh, as Jeremy, Gabe, and Jeff, um, and share a little bit about our histories. And in particular, we're not going to give you our full biographies, but but yeah, we, we thought we'd uh, kind of just intro ourselves with a little bit of our, our storm bio. Um, and so, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll each share, but Gabe would love to hear what is what is like the one weather event that like flipped a switch in your brain and made you be like, uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with this now. I want to spend a good deal of my adult life kind of chasing and pursuing these sorts of things. So kick us off, man. What's, what's the tall tale? Yeah. So I never really had one event that made me love the sky. I just, as far back as I can remember, was obsessed with watching storms. As a kid, I'd get my siblings to help me turn the couch around to face the window every time a storm came by. And I'd sit and watch it like a movie. Um, My parents have a picture of me at, I think I was probably about three years old, and had fallen asleep watching the clouds outside. Like, just totally obsessed with weather since an early age. Dreamer. Pure dreamer. A dreamer, yeah. But, man, the clouds, the sky, especially storms, just completely captivated me. And it wasn't until fifth grade uh, when National Geographic released a documentary called Cyclones. And they highlighted storm chasers in their documentary. That was the very first time I realized that people could get paid to chase tornadoes. Do you remember what year that was? That was in 1995. Okay. Was the cover of that, that was a VHS uh, cassette tape? tape. I don't know what to call it anymore. Uh, Is the cover of it this white funnel with a lightning strike next to it yes yeah it's stuck in my yes. brain <laughs> phenomenal photo yeah. i think that's actually a water spout in that photo if I it looks like right. that yeah it looks yeah. like a but yeah that was the first time i realized oh my goodness people get paid to go out and see this stuff and so in fifth grade i that was when i determined this is what i'm going to do with my life and i worked towards that goal until my senior year and I applied to the University of Oklahoma and Linden State College in uh, Vermont was my backup. Both outstanding schools for meteorology, but I realized that I was terrible at math. Partly, I'm finding out, it's because I was dyslexic, so numbers just got jumbled up in my head anyway. But I got rejected by both schools and was kind of like, oh man, that's a dream crush. Like, How am I going to make my way to the storm chasing field without meteorology. And there's no way I can teach myself this very complicated science. So I kind of gave it up and started pursuing my other passion, which was film and photography. So fast forward to 2009, and I'm living in Jacksonville, Florida. And 
I was working my first film job. I was working for a small independent film competition. And we were packing gear that day, getting ready to go out to film some behind the scenes of other movie sets. And I look up from my second floor office out the window above the tree line, and it looks like the top of a funnel. And at the time, I didn't own a car, so I hopped on my bicycle and I biked towards this funnel. And when I came around the bend and was standing on the edge of the river that runs through Jacksonville, there was this massive water spout about a quarter to a half mile away from me, just churning the water right in front of me. And my jaw dropped. I hadn't seen anything like it, not even close to a funnel up until that moment. And here was this massive water spout right in front of me. So I sat and watched it until it dissipated as it was moving generally towards me. And once that dissipated, I biked back to, towards the office. Can I, can I interrupt and just emphasize you biked? back <laughs> so the first storm chase was on a bicycle okay ben so make Franklin sure we rode a horse <laughs> chased a tornado on a horse gave, that's right <laughs> rode a bike uh so i get back to the office and i see all of my coworkers outside staring up and sure enough there's a second funnel forming almost directly above our office so i ran inside and i got the camera gear that i had just been packing um and i bring it outside and Lo and behold, the second funnel touches down on the river and then moves on shore and then starts moving directly towards our office building. So we all run inside, but there were no closets. It was uh, an older building, so it had like that thin antique type glass to the windows. And I thought, you know what? If we get hit, everything's going to blow in anyway. So I hung out the window. I was like, I got to see this. And sure enough, the palm tree right next to me starts bending and the palm fronds start getting sucked off and the tornado brushed our office building. And as soon as it, I could tell the wind changed direction and calmed just a bit, I booked it outside and looked straight up and there was this beautiful blue funnel right above me with the palm fronds that had gotten sucked up spiraling (laughs) above my head. It was unbelievable and I was just in heaven watching the whole thing happen. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this, you have to go on our YouTube site and scroll early on into our, our release videos and you can see this tornado. It is unbelievable footage that you got, man. I, I did a lot of things wrong that day. I will say that <laughs> and as a little disclaimer. Don't do that if there's a tornado hitting your <laughs> office building. But that was the day that sealed it for me. I thought, there's no way I cannot go and chase these things. Like, that's the most unbelievable thing I ever saw, and that was an EF Zero. I was like, I got to see more. Um, And then ended up in Austin, Texas, years later. I met Jeff and Jeremy, and we all found out we like tornadoes and storms. We said, let's just do this thing. (laughs) Let's start storm chasing. And we made a lot of mistakes then, too. A couple. For years. And still do. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Recurring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so, like, such a amazing sort of, like, stroke of destiny in some ways, Gabe. I feel like that the tornado on the box of Cyclones was probably a water spout, right? Like, yeah. and then that was the first. And I think taken in Florida, if I remember right. Wow. Wow, yeah, that's cr- that's crazy. I never even like, connected that. 
I love that. It was meant to be. I got to yeah. take a minute to process this. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe is weeping right now. That's It's such a good story. And it's incredible that we have footage, of, that you captured footage of it. Like, I, And so to wrap up the meteorology thing, so I'm st- I still haven't taken any meteorology classes. I've been self-taught. Um, the basics of severe weather forecasting, learning a lot every year. But now I have positioned myself as a storm journalist. And so capturing the story of the sky and, you know, everything from cumulus clouds to tornadoes to hurricanes to the aftermath and just capturing the whole story. And that's been my intro into the world of storm chasing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm biased, but Gabe is one of our country's best uh, storm journalists, without a doubt. Like, Agreed. Gabe's eye for shots and I mean, has always been impeccable. You just have a true artist's eye. Like Now I'm yeah. crying. <laughs> you got the approval you finally have been looking for. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the best. I love, usually love, usually love when I get footage and if I don't like it, I'm usually like, hey, Gabe, is there any way you can make this look good? <laughs> because <laughs> I don't like it all my footage can you make it look really good and he does I just I shoot it and then lose the f- raw footage <laughs> <laughs> ah that uh, one stings oh gosh I, that, that comes into my head about once a week like those you know this, you get hit with a shame spike out of nowhere you're just like mm. doing the dishes or whatever and wake up in the middle of the night cold sweat <sighs> good times <laughs> yeah We'll um, we'll fill everyone in on that later. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's not bring this episode. That's a down. further episode. <laughs> yeah, a fun a, a fun cliffhanger. My pain. Uh, so Jeff Mangum um, hit us up with the genesis of Jeff as a weather nut. Yeah, um, I always kind of like peculiar things. Like um, you know, I mean, I played sports. I mean, I did I did normal stuff, I guess, as a kid. But I always had a this obsession with with the skies, just like Gabe was describing. Um, And it it was in uh, May of 1987. I was about to be 11 years old. And I remember there was this um, news documentary that came on. I think it was 2020. Is that, is that still a thing? 2020 news? I think so. And, um, and it had this one hour long segment on a tornado that had hit a week before in Saragossa, Texas. And, and it, to this point, I don't think I'd ever stopped and, and looked at footage or seen footage. Uh, I knew about tornadoes to some degree because I was almost 11. So you, you heard, heard about it in science class or something. But I remember um, a picture of a tornado that they showed on there and then the stories that were being told. And I was completely mesmerized. I mean, I think it's because, and we talk a lot about this and we will talk a lot more about this in future episodes, but... Um, tornadoes and storms have like this, this opposite, uh, reality uh, to some degree, uh, they're beautiful and they're marvelous. And there's a reason why people who have nothing to do with weather love to watch videos of storm chasers and of storms and tornadoes because they're mesmerizing, you know, and I think we've always thought that. So there's that, that aspect, but then there's also this aspect of, of, uh, the tragedy that can come with it and the difficulty and the suffering and, and the hardship. And so I remember as a 10-year-old, almost 11, trying to wrap my mind around why do I love looking at this thing that actually caused so much damage? And I, here I am, you know, I'm 
44 and I'm still asking the same question. <laughs> like th- those two opposite things are still really, you know, grafted into me. So um, I remember yeah, my, my... Were we just all really weird kids? That may just, be it. It sounds like it. <laughs> we are really Solid weird kids. Solid chance, yeah. yeah. Current, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my, my dad was involved with disaster relief. It's one of the things uh, he volunteered as, and he was a, a chaplain. And um, so he was always one of the first guys that was either hearing about or showing up on the scene of, of a big storm or disaster of some sort. And um, oddly enough, we were going to go on a family vacation. We did uh, to New Mexico. And on the way, on Interstate 10, there's this small, small town that you could drive right by and you wouldn't even miss it if you weren't looking for it, named Saragossa. And so on our way to New Mexico, as a family, we stopped by because my dad wanted to check in on, on some of the leaders there of the town. And, and I just remember, that's the first time I'd seen damage like that. And it was still really fresh. You know, it was probably a few weeks after the tornado. And I, I saw things I didn't have a place in my head to put it, you know, I saw a bendy straw stuck in a tree. It didn't, wow. that didn't make sense to me. The forks yeah. and spoons in trees. And then at the same time, I remember in the back of the station wagon was this big case of China, all, all these, um, these beautiful China, uh, from someone's house. And there wasn't one scratch. There wasn't any of them broken. And I remember Gosh. thinking like, hmm. what a, what a bizarre thing. And I was so intrigued by it. I think one of the stories that comes out of that that still just intrigues me, um, which actually is a strange way, like a like a blessing um, in the midst of all of it, was there was a preschool graduation, and there were about a hundred and I forgot how many people, a little over a hundred people in this the one building in town that had brick uh, bricks around it, and and it was a legitimate building. The rest of the buildings were homes that were kind of a shotgun shacks if you know like those little 15 feet wide kind of homes um they're so small and could get swept away so easily so um a lot of these people were in this building and um if they'd been in their homes all of them would have there would have been a lot more fatalities but it got me thinking as a almost 11 year old like how do you process all this you know and Hmm. and so if you fast forward for me that that was me as a kid wanting to learn about storms and tornadoes then in 1997 uh there was this crazy outbreak of tornadoes just one of the most mesmerizing kind of meteorological phenomenon really when it comes well well renowned in the weather world yeah it really is the gerald texas tornado and that was uh about 10 15 miles south of where i went to uh, school and i had never seen a tornado up to this point so i'd seen some damage but i'd never seen a tornado and so very wisely, um, I chose without any training and without any instruments to help me, I decided <laughs> to go chase uh, some tornadoes. And I saw my first tornado that day in uh, Morgan's Point uh, in Belton, Texas. It was an F3, and it was massive. I watched the whole thing just come down, and I, I did not have words for it. And, can, we, uh, can we tell the audience your scientific method for... <laughs> forecasting that day hey it it worked okay (laughs) so i had a buddy driving the truck with uh, that we were going to chase in and he didn't have a clue what was going on and i told him we're not going to see much it's going to be very safe and so he actually believed me um (laughs) and so we got on i-35 which is the major highway going north and south and we go north and all (laughs) i told him hey man 
Um, it's really hot and humid outside, but as soon as it gets cold, that's where you know uh, the, the storms are, are being created and built, and we're going to chase uh, to the west, and we're just going to go and see if we can find a tornado. And that great meteorology skill <laughs> that I had led us to this major tornado. And so um, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Very unwise, <laughs> um, very foolish, and that's an understatement. But about an hour later, the Gerald, Texas tornado uh, took place. And, and for those who don't have really kind of a context for that, it just... It's really hard to describe that. We'll, we'll go more in depth at another time about that. But it was a small town, unbelievably strong tornado. Um, you know, there's some uh, belief out there that the winds were anywhere between 250 to 315 miles an hour. So uh, 27 fatalities. And it was a very, very small town. So it, it's interesting that the 10 years in between the two tornadoes that really kind of um, set a blaze in me, a desire to know more about weather and storms and then the chase storms. We're both in small towns uh, with catastrophic tornadoes and and so a, a kind of a unique set of circumstances there. But ever since then, I, I just, I've just wanted to chase uh, any kind of weather, but especially the dangerous kind. Mm. So wild. I mean, two of Texas's, I mean, I would say most infamous storms, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it, this is kind of I'm sure something that we will encounter a lot talking about these things on the podcast, but there's just this blend of like fascination, utter awe, uh, not only just like appreciation and like love almost mixed with like horror, you know, and tragedy. Personally, dudes, like I don't know how to a hundred percent navigate that still after all these years, you know? Oh, Um, I don't either. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird tightrope. It is just yeah. like there's thrill and excitement and pure fascination that's just ingrained in you. And then the reality of what happens when these storms intersect with humanity on their own. They're just gorgeous. Yeah. That's what storm chasers always say. It's like, well, we, you know, we hope that these storms stay out in open fields, which is the majority of the time. But mm-hmm. it's just inevitable that a town and a tornado intersect and. Yeah, it's a weird. We, we get asked this question quite a bit from yeah. from folks just about, um, you know, what is your primary reason you're chasing, and uh, why would you do that if it causes so much uh, catastrophic damage? And so it really is that interesting and very thin tightrope. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and I and I think we the three of us want this to be a place where we can be honest about those tensions and those those difficulties and challenges. It, I think it's so easy to, you know, to, to just think of a thing as one thing, you know, when it's like, no, life is so messy and complicated and in general, not even talking about storms, right? Like, uh, so yeah, thanks Jeff for sharing. Yeah. And um, I, like, yeah, I'm sure we'll touch on so many of those things again in the future. Cause it, I mean, you just, you witness some momentous things. Um, yeah. Okay, sweet. Well, uh, I'll take it from here. I'll, I'll just share share my story now to, to bring us on home. Uh, I grew up in Nebraska, uh, the landlocked capital of the United States, um, and it is smack dab in Tornado Alley. Um, well, the current Tornado Alley, I guess we could talk about in the future, you know, is Tornado Alley moving? Um, is it shifting? Uh, mm. There's some arguments, I think, possibly yeah. to that effect. Yeah. Um, and so growing up there, um, you are in school and you 
have tornado drills and every week the sirens go off, you know, Wednesday, I think when I was a kid, it was like Wednesday at 1030. Um, and it's just like a haunting sound. It's a, it's a crazy thing. Obviously it sounds that way to catch your attention, but as a little kid, uh, it's like deeply impactful. Um, and I was in particular, a pretty sensitive, scared little kid, kind of scared of everything. Um, and so like (laughs) these things freaked me the heck out. And, um, yeah, I think looking back on it and, and processing it and, you know, going to therapy, um, yeah, uh, I probably wouldn't have been as scared. I mean, of it, if, it, you know, I had somebody who could just like sit me down and like tell me the science about it or whatever, or, yeah. you know, like, uh, I don't know. I, might, I probably would have still been scared, but, um, so the, the storm that kind of made me who, I am as a storm chaser happened when I was in high school. So, okay, I'm getting a little bit older, maybe getting a little bit more confident. I was still pretty anxious as a high schooler, but you know, you start to drive and you can kind of, you get some freedom and feel a little like, okay, I've got some like agency in this world. And, um, it was, uh, 2004. So I was like 17. Um, and I had some friends who live south. I grew up in Lincoln, so far southeast Nebraska. It's the capital. But I had some friends who lived even south of town. And um, Nebraska is like a lot of a lot of nothing in a couple decent sized towns. Um, and so we were south of Lincoln, hanging out. It was like it was May, so getting near the end of the school year. We're just just chilling with some friends, and it was like crazy out. Like you could just. It was one of those days that you were just like, I didn't know at the time, like what made the ingredients of a weather forecast or a severe storm forecast. But like, if I would have gone back, like in hindsight, I would have been like, okay, the Cape is really intense right now. I can just tell it's like the air is thick. There's a lot of energy in the air, just like kind of crackling lightning kind of all day as like storms kind of rolled through. Um, And yeah, when you grow up in that environment, you just kind of know you're like, okay, it's May. I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. Stuff's about to go down probably. Um, and so we yeah. uh, are like, we might as well just like get back to town um, and just to be safe. I don't know if that was like an intentional thought. Like, I don't think we were that responsible, but maybe it was just like a, a gut feeling. You sound you know, more like, responsible in high school than Gabe and I did in our adult life, Jason. Yeah. So yeah. Again, scared, anxious, nervous kid. Like I didn't, I never got in trouble. I was a, a big old nerd. But this storm kind of like changed all that for me, I think, because it like touched my life, you know, it like had an impact on my life for the first time. Um, and this was the 2004 Hallam, Nebraska tornado. And um, this was a an F4. Uh, at the time, it was the widest tornado on record, like an not a lot of like <laughs> record breaking things or infamous things or famous things come out of Nebraska. So when like something like this happens, we were just like, whoa, um, that that's momentous. And that was and so over, the, over two miles, two miles wide, yeah. right? Two point. Yep. I can't remember. Yep. Exactly. Uh, what two it. miles wide, roughly 200 mile an hour winds. Um, just, I mean, a true like nightmare beast, you know, um, um, an unbelievable thing. Like, you can't comprehend something like, like the brain doesn't have enough Ram or something in it, you know, to, to, to process the pixels on, on that sort of thing. And, um, 
so it tore through several communities um, in far southeastern Nebraska, um, named after the town of Hallam, Nebraska in particular, but it went through several different towns. Um, one fatality, um, a couple, several dozen injuries, um, and it hit a high school as well. Nobody was there. It was on the weekend, thankfully, um, but I had friends who went to that high school, and I had driven by that high school plenty and before the tornado had hit it. And so, you know, I'm a high schooler. I don't think a ton outside of my own sphere of life. You know, I can't really, I don't, I can't really see past my nose for a lot of things. Um, that's just how high schoolers are. Um, there's some very thoughtful high schoolers there. If, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm sure you're, maybe you're, you're more <laughs> nowadays, more empathetic and, uh, and thoughtful. Um, but that just like, that just like spins your world on its end. You know, when you see that, like, oh, this building <laughs> that it, it, it feels, you know, unshakable is, is rocked. And, um, yeah, I got to drive, you know, like I said, I was driving at the time. So I got to drive down and look at the damage, got to experience it kind of firsthand. Um, and it really changed something inside of me and, and at once made me kind of appreciate these storms for their awe and power and beauty, but then also yeah. kind of just like weirdly grew me up in a way. Like it, it, it made me realize like, oh, I'm a grown up now. <laughs> and it wasn't like a death of innocence per se, but, and I'm still processing it fully, but just these weather events and these storms have a way of like popping a bubble, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and, 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 and turning a chapter. Um, and so that, that was the one for me. And, um, I remember the year later, the year after that, 2005, um, you know, that was like the crazy hurricane season. I remember I was acutely aware of that hurricane season. And I, I wonder if it was because of this event, like I was just much more aware of weather, much more aware of like the world and the big things in the world. But that's kind of where the ball started, started rolling for me, uh, in particular. So and then Man. the first time I ever chased was was not until, you know, years and years later when I chased with these guys for the first time out of out of central Texas up into o southern Oklahoma in 2013. Gabe, what was the, what was the exact date? I, I know you have it or Jeff, you have it. Oh, it was in April, April 17th, I believe. OK, yeah. I and then how make, to maybe April 22nd. Who can really know? Yeah, April. <laughs> it was in April. <laughs> it was it was Gosh, years and years and years and years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy that was, day. That was a pretty epic day. Do you remember the forecast for that day? Like, I don't remember the forecast. I know we were confident enough to go up that day because the storm prediction center had issued some sort of tornado outlook. But we, uh, I mean, we didn't know anything <laughs> when we went up. We had a whiteboarding session, I think the day before, <laughs> where we were diagramming supercells and where we need to be on the supercell while we were chasing for best views and where not to go. And But man, extremely basic knowledge to go and just sit under this monster supercell. And I remember that storm was probably the blackest storm I had yeah. ever seen. It, the yeah. sky just looked evil that day. It did. But... It was really fun. I remember, <laughs> I also remember that was our first introduction to um, chaser convergence, which will be a topic in the future. Oh, um, yes. But remember, there was, I think it was <laughs> one of the first real 
juicy storm days that was happening that that season and so everyone and their moms were out i mean there were so many cars and getting stuck in mud and, and everything i think that was the first time that we chased together it was also the first time we had we saw chaser convergence yeah and yeah, for people listening who don't know what that is chaser convergence is essentially a storm chasing traffic jam <laughs> where everyone who's out including the locals who just want to see the storm Mm-hmm. and whoever else just ends up clogging the roads and it's it's a literal traffic jam yeah. and you have people in Priuses driving on <laughs> muddy roads slowing off the <laughs> other chasers down. God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I distinctly remember, uh, I think it was a little silver Prius in deep... Wet Deep. Oklahoma red red mud. Yes. mud. Yes. <laughs> if you are not from the central U.S., the mud out here is it's clay. Yeah. And it is like ice. I grew up in yeah. Maine, and I would drive through the snow any day before I drive on a muddy road in yeah. Oklahoma. Yes. It is a mess. And if you, you have a Prius, you know, if you have a Prius, if we you love have you. A Prius. <laughs> I, look, we love you. We're, we're so thankful for what you're doing uh for the environment and <laughs> and what you're doing with, with with having a prius but don't chase in a prius just don't chase in a prius <laughs> yeah the mud consumes all vehicles big or small you know <laughs> and um we should have an episode on all of the jeff you and you and gabe have had crazy <laughs> crazy vehicle stories oh yeah. my gosh yeah we, <laughs> someone like to forget <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh we do have a lot yeah we'll, we'll share yeah. those for sure <laughs> yeah um well fellas thank you so much for your stories i i still find them amazing and crazy um and just i don't know i remember us sitting around at work one day sharing storm stories and, and reconnect and connecting for the first time you know and just so like oh yeah these dudes are the best and i hope everyone out there listening has some some uh friend uh, or or acquaintance who they can chat storms with if you don't we're your spot we're, we're going to be your place where you know we'll be your friends in your ears um to to talk weather and, and talk storms and uh, talk storm chasing so yeah, that's yeah. who that's who we want to be that's what we hope this 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 uh podcast is um, and we're so glad you decided to join us. Um, tell your friends about us. Uh, tell tell your your neighbors, your relatives. Pass the word along that there's uh, three friends making a storm chasing podcast. Uh, I'm Jeremy Heyman. I've been joined by Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Check us out all over the web. Um, we've got a decent presence there. Um, we're at tornadotrackers.org is our main home base. Uh, YouTube.com slash tornadotrackers. Uh, twitter.com slash tornado trackers and instagram.com slash tornado trackers follow us there um you can find our podcast everywhere um that podcasts are made so thanks so much for joining us we hope to get an episode out every couple weeks or so but yeah follow us on social media we hopefully can hook you up with some more weather knowledge and we will see you next time this is the tornado trackers podcast see ya